Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. My day is just better when I look on my calendar and I see an appointment with Hal Elrod. I have grown to love this man, truly love him. And it's like John O'Leary. You heard me, I've interviewed John O'Leary before. These are two of like people that most inspire me in a profound way personally in terms of what they've overcome in their life, the attitude of which they've overcome it. And what Hal has been able to build in terms of a community is just inspiring. And it makes a difference in the world. Like he is someone who is a mission-driven messenger. He's a classic example of what we're trying to help people become. And his book, The Miracle Morning, is what we actually uphold in our bestseller launch plan event as sort of like the ultimate pinnacle of a self-published work. It has now sold over two million copies. There are multiple derivatives of the book for you know different groups. He released another book called The Miracle Equation not too long ago. And Hal and I saw each other again. We shared the stage at an event, one of the best speaking events in the world, Advisors Excel. In early 2020, it was like one of the last human events, <laughs> in-person yeah. events. And I got to see him speak, which was such a treat. So anyways, Hal, brother, welcome to the show. Good to see you. Rory, brother, it is a pleasure, man. And I'm excited to dive in today. So I want you to tell the story. We want to hear the story of... The Miracle Morning community, which is amazing, 270,000 people in this Facebook group. And I want to hear how you built a quarter million people in a Facebook group and sold 2 million copies of a self-published book. But for people who don't know you, can you just tell us like a little bit of your personal story of like what happened and, you know, you survived this near-death experience and then how that kind of led to you starting, you know, as an author and a personal brand? Yeah, yeah. I think we all have, you know, wake up calls at different times in our lives and they usually come from adversity, right? Some sort of adversity, challenge, tragedy. When I was 20 years old, I was driving home from a Cutco sales meeting. I sold Cutco cutlery and I gave a speech that night at this conference and driving home that night in a brand new Ford Mustang, my first new car, mm. I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles an hour and my car spun off the drunk driver. The car behind me hit me at 70 miles an hour in my door and I broke 11 bones on the left side of my body from the side impact, and that night I bled to death. It took the paramedics and the fire department an hour to use the jaws of life and cut me out of the car, 
And so I was just bleeding with 11 broken bones in the car. And that night I died on the helicopter. I was clinically dead for approximately six minutes while I was taken to the hospital. You know, heart stopped beating, wasn't breathing for six minutes. And then six days in a coma and I flatlined twice more and came out of the coma to be told I would never walk again and that I had permanent brain damage. And I always joke that my wife will vouch for the brain damage, but I did <laughs> learn to walk again. And that really did launch me into like, even in the hospital, I'm like, I felt this sense of purpose. Like I'm meant to overcome this in the most positive, proactive way I can as an example for other people. And I didn't know who those other people were. I didn't know if those were just going to be my future kids or my circle of influence or my family or, or the world. But I did always want to be a keynote speaker, motivational speaker, I called it back then. And I remember I told my dad, I said, Dad, you know, he was, the doctors were wondering why I was so positive. And I said, look, I've always wanted to be a motivational speaker, but I had kind of a normal life. I never had anything good to talk about. Maybe this is why this is happening. So I have a story of overcoming that I can share with others. And, you know, it turned into be exactly that. And then in 2008, when the economy crashed, I crashed. So this is crazy. So you actually, so you died, clinically died three separate times. Yeah. And that's how this all started. Yeah, that was where that adversity, that wake up call of like, hey, you know, it really taught me what I think right now is so important. What year was what year was this too? December 3rd, 1999. Okay. Yeah, so 99. So right, right over 20 years ago. And it just taught me that our outer world, what's going on in the world, what's going on with other people, what's going on in our government, what's going on in our job, what's going on in the economy is not the determining factor of our inner world. You know, and and I really, that's what I learned is that the world can be falling down outside of me and I will choose to be at peace, happy and grateful no matter what's going on around me. And that for me, I applied three years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer, a very rare aggressive form of cancer. I was given a 20 to 30% chance of surviving. And, you know, as a dad, I mean, you know, when you're sitting there looking your 11 or your seven-year-old daughter in the face and your four-year-old son, and the doctor just told you that day that you're most likely going to die that's the hardest thing, you know, to deal with. And I, but I had the same decision the day I was diagnosed with cancer and given those grim odds, I called my wife, she was out of town and I had to tell her and she was in tears. And I said, sweetie, I promise you one thing. I can't promise that I'll beat this, but I promise, I believe I will. I'll give it everything I have. But I said, I will promise you, I will be the happiest and the most grateful and the strongest I've ever been while we endure the most difficult time in our lives together. And it was by far the most difficult time, but I was, you know, there's video of me, you know, in pain and, and no hair and in chemo and, but just genuinely like, I'm not letting my circumstances dictate my emotional well-being. And I think for all of us, we've been conditioned to think they're mutually exclusive, like, oh, bad things happening in the world and in my life, I feel bad, good things happen, I feel good. But, you know, I think that the most important thing that we can adopt is it doesn't matter what's going on outside of me. I am always in control of what's going on inside of me. And from that place, we can find joy, happiness, motivation to create the circumstances that we want in our lives. Gosh, brother, that is just so powerful and meaningful and needed, I mean, in the world. So did the community start first or did the book start? And like, did you try to traditionally publish or did you just kind of go like, because basically, so, so Miracle Morning was the first book, Miracle Equations, the new book, but Miracle Morning is this story. And then it's also a morning routine and set of practices that you follow and help people to live this. So talk to me about the book. Like when does yeah. the book come on? How does that come about? So Miracle Morning, it was never a book idea. It was in 2008 when the United States economy crashed, I kind of crashed with it. And 
after like a six month downward spiral of losing over half of my clients, you know, having to foreclose on my house, getting in my body fat percentage tripled, like I was in debt, I was depressed, I was kind of a mess. And a series of events and some advice from a good buddy of mine, John Berghoff. Do you know John Berghoff? I don't know John Berghoff. That's right. I'll introduce you guys sometime. But so John gave me advice. He said, Hal, you should go for a run every morning and listen to self-help. He said, put yourself in a peak state physically, mentally, and emotionally, and listen to something that will enhance your mental and emotional well-being. And I'm like, okay, you know, I like, I need to make money. I don't say that's going to make me money. But it basically led me to realize that how I start my day was the single most determining factor in the state that I begin the day in and thus carried out the day in and thus created my results. And so in other words, how you start your day sets the tone, the context and the direction for the rest of your life. And so I started practicing this and it changed my life very quickly. I went and told my wife after two months of doing this, I said, this morning routine feels like a miracle. You know, we've doubled our income. We have all these amazing results. And she goes, it's like your miracle morning. And I go, yeah, 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 I like that. And then that's when I started teaching it to people, my clients and in speeches. Everyone will learn quickly that the most successful male authors in the world are simply plagiarizing from their wives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Yes. That's uh right. Our wives are our muses. (laughs) Yeah, she came up with the title. And even though, again, it wasn't an idea for a book title. But so I finally was like, I have a responsibility because it changed my life and it was changing all of my clients' lives. And I went, none of us were morning people. So this could change our lives. This could change anybody's life. And I felt the sense of responsibility to write a book about it. And it took me three years. And during that time, to answer your question on the traditional versus self-publishing, I thought, okay, I really want to change millions of lives with this book. So therefore, I have to traditionally publish to be taken seriously and for it to get any distribution. And then as I kept writing the book and doing my research, I went, oh, that's not true. <laughs> like the publisher doesn't do much to market your book unless you have a household name and they know that it's going to, you know, give them a nice ROI. I realized that if you traditionally published, you're lucky just to get a deal and then you still have to do all the marketing. So I thought, I believe in this concept. I'm going to self-publish. I self-published the book on 12-12-2012. So 12-12-12. And, you know, I didn't have a big, I wasn't an influencer. I wasn't like Tim Ferriss. I didn't have a blog. I, you know, I wasn't well known. And I took about a year and a half of promotion. The first year I did 150 podcast interviews. I did 50 of my own podcasts. I gave 36 speeches. I was on 12 TV shows. Like I did everything I could and I sold like 13,000 copies. It wasn't anything fancy, but I was committed for as long as it took to get the message out. And it took six years to reach a million copies sold. And in that time, the book was translated and traditionally published in 37 different languages. So once it got traction, being self-published, an agent reached out. I got an intro to an agent and they said, hey, you know, this thing's like the trajectory of this book is, you know, is on fire. We think that traditional publishers would be interested. And so, yeah, so then, so it's still self-published in the US and it's traditionally published in 37 other countries. So do you have to traditionally publish a book to make money from writing a book? No. I would say that for 90, that was, a, that was a short, that was a short, complete answer there. No, no. Tell us about it. 95 to 99% of authors, I would say would be better served self-publishing. I have 13 books or so, and all of them except one is traditionally published. And that was last year. And here's what I learned. The only thing that a publisher cares about, I shouldn't say the only thing, their highest priority is the size of your platform. That's it. That's what you get paid in advance on. It's not on how good your idea, everybody thinks, oh, I have the best idea ever. They don't care. Because the best idea, if you don't have an audience that you can reach that book to, that's why 
anybody that's on the news or has a talk show, Anderson Cooper, whoever, right? Like Oprah, they get a multi-million dollar advance because the publisher knows that it's a guaranteed success, right? It's a business. So if you have a large platform of, you know, let's say 100,000 followers, then it's worth shopping around to a traditional publisher and seeing what kind of advance you can get. But the big difference is you're going to get, you know, let's say on average 10, 12% of the royalties or the profits from the book if you traditionally publish. When you self-publish, you get anywhere from 70 to 90% of the profits. And so in the long game, you're almost always better off to self-publish. So I love that. So thank you for that. It's funny you use that 100,000 number. We use the same number. We say, <laughs> once you have nice. 100,000 followers, that's yeah. about the time to start look at traditional publishing. And when you can move 10,000 units, when you feel like you can sell 10,000 units on opening week, that's when it's time to think about, you know, like bestseller, New York Times, Wall Street Journal kind of a thing. So can you talk to us about how the money works? Like, we don't need to know how much you make or anything, but like, I think a lot of people don't realize that, like people say, you know, you don't make money writing a book. It's just a business card, which it is a business card, but you actually can make a truckload of money from doing this. But I, can you walk us through like, how does the money work? Like, where does it actually, like if I write out a book on my computer today, it took you three years and then I go print it and put it in Amazon or I use create space or whatever then what happens? And where do all the sales come? They come from Amazon. I'm assuming a lot of them happen in Amazon. Yeah. I mean, so all self-published books. So I self-published through, it was CreateSpace. Now it's Kindle Direct Publishing, which they just took over CreateSpace. It was an Amazon company. And so when you publish the book, you just check a box if you want it on Kindle, right? So paperback, Kindle, and then Amazon owns a company. I don't know if it's changed since I started doing this, but it was ACX the letter A, letter C, X, ACX.com. And that is their audiobook publishing arm. So audiobook self-publishing. And so you earn on your traditional book. So my traditional, my self-published paperback, the retail price is 20 bucks is what I have it set at, $19.99. Amazon sells it for whatever they want, which usually ranges from 15 to you know 18. And I think I earn just under $9 per book compared to a dollar or two per book if it was traditionally published, right? So you sell you know, a thousand copies of the book, right? Times, you know, that's what, $8,000 in income. Now on Kindle, you price it at $9.99, you earn 70%. So you're earning $7 per book sold on Kindle. Okay, sorry, so hold on. Sorry, on Kindle, so like on paperback, you're getting like 50%-ish. Yeah, 50%-ish and 70% on Kindle. Got it. Okay. 50% Um, paperback and then 70%. And it's not an exact formula. It's based on the cost of printing, based on how many pages you are, right? But let's say, yeah, you know, 40-50%. And then on Audible, I got lucky when I signed on to Audible, they used to have a sliding scale where the more books you sold, the higher your percentage jumped up and it Mm. stayed there forever. So we are now at 90% for Audible. So we are 90%. But now that's not the case anymore. They changed that model. It's now a flat 40. So you get 40% of all your books sold on Audible. When you go through the Audible exchange, the ACX company, you can find a narrator, put up you know, a PDF of your first chapter of your book. You can have people audition for it and then choose one and then either pay them a split or pay them up front. Wow. I mean, that's pretty simple. I mean, really like that's, it's really pretty simple. And then you're just basically like doing social media and emails and speaking and webinars and like whatever, like all the usual stuff. People go to Amazon or Kindle or Audible and then 
they buy books and then you, what, you just get a direct deposit in your bank account every month. A direct deposit every month. Yeah. Toward the end of the month. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, yeah. and 2 million copies is all in for paperback, Kindle and audio. So 2 million copies, half of that roughly is self-published US and the other half are those other 37 foreign publishers. So the other half are across Uh, the other countries, which by the way, I think a million are in Brazil alone. That's been the biggest. I think we've sold more books in Brazil than in the United States. It went crazy there. Wow, that's so funny. I mean, it's random how that stuff happens. Oh yeah. So talk to us about the community. When did you start that? I mean, this like this is way before Facebook groups were like a strategy. You were just, I remember the first time we met I can't remember. Maybe it was probably John Rulin who interviewed, introduced us or maybe actually, I think, Rulin. I think it was Peter Vug actually who introduced oh, was us. Was it really? And I think the first time you interviewed me, it was actually maybe in the community. I don't even know if you had a podcast back then. I don't know if that's right, but you know, anyways, tell us how did it start? Like, where did this come from? So, so it was an 11th hour deal where I had sent my almost finished manuscript for the Miracle Morning to a handful of my buddies. And I was like, hey, will you guys read this and give me feedback? And John Vroman was like, hey, have you thought about creating some sort of online group? And this was, yeah, 2011, right? Or 12. He said somewhere, he goes, it feels like this is going to be a lonely venture for a lot of people. Like if they're the only morning person in their family, they're by themselves. And if there's nobody to connect with and be held accountable to, and he goes, yeah, I could see them sliding backwards. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. You know, he goes, yeah. He goes, and so I started looking at like Kajabi. I'm like, maybe I'll create like an online, you know, right. forum. And he said, dude, if I were you, I would just do Facebook groups. He goes, don't give people another place to log into because they don't have that as a habit. You're trying to get them to create a new habit. If they're already on Facebook, they've got notifications built in. The functionality of the group is already, he goes, I wouldn't reinvent the wheel. I'd go to Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, great idea. So I started a Facebook group called the Miracle Morning Community with me, my mom, dad, John Broman, my sister, right? Like, you know, a handful of us. And I put in the book, in the beginning, a special invitation. Join the Miracle Morning community to, you know, get accountability and encouragement, swap smoothie recipes, learn new meditation routines, like whatever. (laughs) And I was the only one in there. I would just check in every day and put quotes and memes and add value and write in there and this and that. And as the book sold, right? I mean, you know, so in the beginning, the Facebook group mimicked the book sales because that's where people found out about it. And so it started out with, you know, it grew to a few hundred people and then eventually crossed a thousand and that probably took a year, you know, and then it just kind of scaled up. And yeah, now there's 270 some thousand members from over a hundred countries and they support each other. Like I don't, it doesn't run on me. It's, it's them logging in every day. And it's, we've really created this culture of people who are waking up every day and dedicating time to fulfilling their potential with their miracle morning. And then they're, they're lifting each other up. They're supporting each other. And you get in there people that, you know, that'll celebrate, you know, Hey, today's day 100 of the miracle morning. And then you'll get somebody that's like, Hey, I'm brand new. My friend told me about this group and this book, like, but I'm not a morning person. Should I do it? And they'll get a hundred and, you know, 50 people in the first hour. They're like, dude, I was the same. I wasn't a morning person. Like it works, you know, and, and then they'll give it a try. So yeah, it's become really, 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 really special, special place. Man, that, that is so awesome. And so just a technical question here, you know, like normally when you post on Facebook, a very small fraction of the people see it. When you post in the Facebook group, like at that scale, 270,000, is that similar that only a fraction of those people are see it or is it because it's a group, it's a little different? 
No, it's still true. And it's really, really frustrating, right? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And we have explored, you know, going with a different platform like Mighty Networks and right. yeah, but it's just, it's this, it goes back to John Broman's original advice, which is like, you know, are they people really going to log into a different thing? And so we're, that's still ideal. We want to take control of that. But to give you an idea, yesterday, one of our admin, Stephanie Blackbird, she runs the group in terms of the admin for it. And because we get, you know, hundreds of new requests every day, somebody's got to, you know, vet those. But she posted, where are you from? And in less than 24 hours, we had over a thousand comments, you know, wow. saying I'm from, I'm from Belgium, I'm from France, I'm from America, I'm from Russia, I'm from, you know, just all over the place. So I would imagine out of the 270,000 people, maybe 2,000 saw it, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, yeah, it's definitely tough. Yeah, well, I mean, whether you're sending emails or you're doing social media, or I mean, yeah. you're always dealing with that, but how cool that this community has taken a life of its own and then it's like, it's just growing. Like it's just this asset that just keeps making a bigger and bigger impact in the world. So like, what else do you do other than the book? I mean, the cool thing is if you have one great self-published book like this, like you could actually make a pretty fine living just off of the book. And then you speak and any other parts of the business model that you're working on or have been doing that you're super excited about? I mean, obviously I know you, you were dealing with cancer here for a while. So that's been, you know, that's gotta have been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll tell you the Miracle Morning movie is coming out on 12-12-2020 and there's uh, nothing I'm more excited about than that, but I will share what I turned before I, I'll get to that in a second. It was that when the book came out, I was a college speaker and I always wanted to be a keynote corporate speaker and be able to raise my fees and you know, reach sure. more people. And so I used the book to plant the seed in there that, you know, when I was speaking at this event, when I was speaking at this event, you know, I'll bring the Miracle Morning to you guys, right? And and so almost every speech I've given in the last, you know, whatever, eight years is some leader that read the book and wanted me to bring it to their people, right? So my speaking career launched off of that. So that was the speaking career. And then we started doing live events every year. And thank God last year, because I was having trouble with the chemo and depression and anxiety, I decided to take a year off of the event, which is, it would have been this December. And who knows what headache it would have been trying to deal with the hotel and refunding 500 tickets right. and yep. transitioning to you know online, who knows? So we did have live events. We did have a mastermind. Right now, it's, I just do virtual keynotes, you know, which are not the same <laughs> as you know, I'm sure, but books and virtual keynotes. And then, yeah, we were making a documentary called The Miracle Morning you know, Movie. About five or six years ago, we started making this and I started going around and interviewing you know, world-class, influential people. Muhammad Ali's daughter, Layla Ali, she's in it, her morning routine. You know, Brendan Burchard, his morning routine. Lewis Howes, Robert Kiyosaki, Robin Sharma. We started interviewing all these world-class individuals their morning routine, and that was the movie we were making. And then I was diagnosed with cancer, and I called our director, and I said, hey, we got to put the movie on hold, man. I'm fighting for my life. It doesn't look good. And he said, you know, being a filmmaker, he said, actually, if you're okay with it, I'd like to film this journey and, you know, come to the hospital and, and film you going through this. And holy moly, kind of caught me off guard. And thank God he pushed for it because the first hour of the movie is what we intended it to be. And the last 30 minutes is the most unexpected, inspiring, you know, me fighting for my life with my family by my side while I'm still traveling the world, trying to spread this mission. And so that's what I, my main focus right now is just launching this movie to the world in December. And then I'll take a breath and, and see what's next from there. 
so the movie, is that like self-published too? Like, did you pay for it? You just got your own film crew and a director and said, hey, I have yeah. a vision for a movie. I'm going to make my own freaking movie. Yes, yes. So my buddy Nick Conadera is a director. And a few years, like six years ago, he was at my house for dinner. He said, dude, we should make a movie about the Miracle Morning because he's in the Miracle Morning community and he does it himself. And he would see these people, you know, this guy, Mike Eaton, posted how he lost 90 pounds six months after he started the Miracle Morning and he had been obese his whole life and he had contributed to Miracle Morning. And so Nick goes, dude, we got to feature all these stories of people overcoming depression and starting businesses and all thanks to the Miracle Morning. And I was like, that's a great idea. I said, but I don't even know what that looks like, dude. Like, right. Yeah. What, where do you go? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, like talk to me later. And he kept bugging me about it. And like a few months later, he found the angle and he called me and he said, Hal, what's your mission in life? Back then it was to change millions of lives one morning at a time. And I said, why? He said, what percentage of our society, you're trying to change the world. What percentage of our society reads self-help books? And right away, I kind of got where he was going. And I went, ah, like 1%, maybe. He said, what percentage watch movies? Huh. And I went, you're right. Whoa. If we're going to reach the masses, it has to be in another format. And so that's when we started making the movie. And yeah, I funded it. We had a few producers, but I, for the most part, I funded 98% of it. And, he, and then I started just meeting people that became part of the team that just kind of God put them in my life. And it was like, perfect, you know? That is amazing. How, buddy... You are amazing and your life has been used for so much good and it continues to be used for so much good. And I just, buddy, I'm so grateful for you. Where should people go if they want to connect to you? Obviously, you've got the Facebook group. Where else would you direct people to? Yeah, miraclemorning.com is the best hub. You can find all the books from there. You can join the community from there. You know, you can join the email list. The movie isn't for sale yet. We're working on getting the site up and stuff so people can buy tickets for the world premiere which is going to be really cool. On 12-12-2020, on we're doing the Miracle Morning movie experience, the world premiere. It's going to be the world premiere of the film, followed by an immediate, like, how do you implement this? So, like, okay, you just watched a movie. You're all excited. You know about the Miracle Morning. How do you start it tomorrow morning? And I'm going to teach how to do that. And then there'll be, like, a live Q&A with me and the director and the team. And then there will be a 30-day challenge that people will be able to join, you know, for free. So, yeah, so go to MiracleMorning.com, and if you join the email list, my weekly podcast, you'll get that way, and we don't sell anything really to you. It's just, we just try to add value and until the movie comes out. <laughs> I love it. Well, we'll put MiracleMorning.com in the show notes. Brother, thank you for what you do and for your story and your faith and just for keeping to fight for yourself and your family and obviously for the message. We appreciate you, and we pray for you, and we wish you the best. Ditto, Roy. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into 
podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com and we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation.